0: You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, we have your hosts here, I'm Steve, and I'm with me is Sam. Sam, it has been a weird, weird week of baseball for the Yankees, and their series and season hopefully with the Rays is over, but we gotta start talking about them and the Rays, and the Rays are looking good, and the Yankees have not looked good versus the Rays. What's going on?
1: Steve, you know, last week was the first episode I was not in a good mood coming on with you after, you know, a midweek game late at night like we normally record. And this one, despite what turned out to be a thrilling weekend series with the Mets, uh, I'm not in a good mood after this one. The Yankees lost two of three to the Rays. And I'm thinking to myself yesterday, it was before the Yankees won the middle game of the series, five to three. I was thinking about sports, especially my own observation in the NBA and in the MLB. In MLB, the Rays going into the middle game were four and oh against the Yankees and the Bronx. And I think, and this is just the first thing that came to my mind yesterday, I think some of these teams have an advantage without fans. And I think that's the case with the Yankees and the Bronx. Uh, If we want to move sports, I think it's the case with the Raptors and the Celtics series. I think it's the case in NBA series where the teams are trailing in the series. I think coming back down from 2-0 or 3-1 on a neutral court is um, – Definitely is a lot different than when you're traveling back and forth. Um, the race struggled at Yankee Stadium last year. The Yankees won three of four one time. The Yankees swept a three-game series the other time. Um, Steve, I'm, I'm struggling here.
0: I I can I can see that, and I've definitely thought about it with other sports too. And it's no shock here that you know you have teams like the Marlins are playing pretty well, and then you know we make all the jokes going into the season that you know the Rays, the Marlins, they haven't played in front of fans in forever, so nothing's changed. Um, And and it it makes sense. It makes sense. I think you can see it in in, like you said in other sports. Watching basketball, I was even watching some some U.S. Open tennis, and and there was a noticeable difference there, where people who are used to playing in front of fans, it's a different vibe. But, but, yeah, I said, the Yankees always struggle down in Tampa. But they they do well here in the Bronx. And then they got their asses kicked by Tampa no matter where they played this year. Two times times in
1: two weeks weeks at Yankee Stadium. Race, sweep, and then take two or three. It's, you know, not to get too off topic away from the baseball here, but it's something I've noticed in a couple of sports. And I think it's definitely – and I'm not excusing the Yankees' play. This isn't me bitching or complaining – I think it's definitely a factor in these matchups, that there's no fans at Yankee Stadium.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree with that, and it, it, it's both. The Yankees can play like shit, and they can, you know, they can need the fans to help play better. I mean, it's, they shouldn't need the fans because they're, you know, a professional baseball team, but but it makes sense. And that, I don't think this takes away that much from the Rays. The Rays are one of the best teams in baseball, maybe the best team in baseball as of right now, you know, they're 26 and 12. They, they they've had their way with the Yankees here. And I'm sure it, it, it definitely has a factor that there's not a bunch of, you know, 30,000 drunk idiots screaming at everybody in, in the Bronx. So it's, it's uh, it's gotta be a combination of everything and, and good for the Rays. They figured it out. They're, they're playing really well, but there were some fireworks, even though there was no fans um, on, on Tuesday night, the game uh, ended a little, a little, you know, a little, I don't say abruptly, but with a, little, with a little feist. You know, Chapman throws up and in. It doesn't hit anybody, uh, but it leads to some chirping. It leads to some suspensions. Uh, MLB kind of setting a, a strong precedent this year. Started off with Joe Kelly uh, and continued with Chapman getting three games after throwing up and in. And the Yankees and the Rays have become a legit rivalry now. It, it's always been Boston, but, you know, Boston is, you know, it's the bottom of the barrel right now. The, the Rays are the Yankees' main rival in the AL East, uh, and they have been kind of a couple, year go, dating, dating a few years back. This goes all the way back, and Kevin Cash admitted it goes all the way back to that, you know, that's-for-you-bitch game of CC Sabathia. He admitted that they threw at the Yankees that day, uh, and there's been a lot of, I think, total now we're talking 35 players have been hit by pitch over the past three years between these two teams. Um, there's definitely some animosity. There's definitely some hostility here. I do think Chapman was trying to go up and in. I don't think he, you know, if you go up and in, you can't miss and can't go for the head. So Chapman messed up there. Um, But what do you think about the suspensions going around here? And and, you know, nothing happened today. Actually, no, it did. Ben Hiller got ejected for a stupid, a stupid call by the ump here. But what do you think about Cash's statement uh, after the game on, on Wednesday, on Tuesday?
1: Well. I'm going to start with Aroldis Chapman and Mike Brousseau in the ninth inning. The Yankees are up 5-3 in a game they absolutely have to have. Broussau is the tying run at the plate. It's the first pitch of the at-bat. Okay. He wouldn't be the tying run. If he hit him, then William
0: really Adamas comes up as the tying run. Um, and he just but, went yard two. He went yard two innings ago. That's
1: what I, that's what I was saying. I meant to say if Brousseau got on, he was the, you know, it would have brought the tying run to the plate. Um, So it's the first pitch of the at-bat. It's 101 miles an hour. It's up and in. The first pitch of the at-bat is definitely the avenue. If you say, oh, it's on purpose, you could definitely go down that route. However, the Yankees lose that game last night. They're five and a half games back out of first place. You chalk up a loss tonight that have been six and a half games out out of first place, assuming the result, of course, held tonight. Anyway, I don't think Araldus Chapman meant – like you said, I agree he was trying to go up and in, but there's no way he tried to intentionally – Hit him right, right there. Tried to go up and in,
0: and he missed. And he missed in the only spot you can't miss. And it sucks, but he missed. Uh, and then it kind of just kind of unraveled from there. Either, you know, Chapman stares every time he strikes anybody out. Um, people were saying, "Oh, he was like walking towards him to start a fight right off the bat." But like, if you look at the tapes, Chapman anytime he needs a new ball, walks right at Gary Sanchez, and he knew he needed a new ball. So it's kind of it, it's it's both, I think.
1: So he gets suspended three games. He appeals. Aaron Boone and Kevin Cash getting the same suspension one game each. Wild. How is that a thing? Aaron Boone's coming out, and he was pretty passive in his press conference Tuesday night. Uh, Meanwhile, Kevin Cash comes out and says, yeah, we got a whole host of guys that throw 98 in our bullpen. How does that equate – right there i mean kevin cash was i mean that's a legitimate threat and that's what i read it as and for both of the managers to get the same suspension that was a little bit silly to me and aaron boone went on wfan with joe and evan wednesday afternoon and they counted seven pitches up and in to dj LeMahieu in one batter (laughs) yeah one batter in the Six games entering tonight, he played against the Rays. Now, some of them were a little, you know... There was like three that were questionable. 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 But still, I mean, uh, let's call it four pitches up and in that were a little bit of chin music. I really um, am struggling right here. I don't think we needed suspensions for this. Um, I know at least from... Pitching in my day, that I'm definitely not trying to hit a batter to put the tying run at the plate. I don't think Chapman was intentional. Uh, The suspension for Boone and the suspension for Cash made no sense. Them both getting the same ones. So I don't really know here, but there's definitely some beef here and, and it's very, very evident. Like you said, Ben Heller getting ejected tonight. Fastball got away from him and hit uh Thomas on the leg. Uh, but this goes all the way back to 2018. Yeah. With Andrew Kitteridge and Austin Romine. And, and you tweeted the stats about the amount of Yankees that Kitteridge has hit. He's never served a suspension. So. I'm fine
0: with what we got. I mean, it is what it is, and baseballs. I get they're trying to be harsh. I think it should have been one, two, and three. One for Boone, just because you you always do the manager for some stupid reason. Two for Cash because those comments were literally threats, saying that I'm going to hit everybody tomorrow. And then if you got to do more for Chapman, you give three for Chapman. If the MLB did that, I'd be a little happier. But more importantly, I think that this puts the Rays and the Yankees on notice if they play in the playoffs or in 2021. If Kidder's comes anywhere, hits anyone for the Yankees next year, he needs a suspension. Like he has pure history going back. They, they've set a precedent saying if you're going to do this, you're going to get games. So I just, I'm. We'll find out in a year from now. Um, I, you know, I think once playoffs comes around, you're not going to see that much fireworks. But it puts a nice little, you know, star next to the next time the Yankees and Rays, or the next, you know, ten times the Yankees and Rays play with this little rivalry here because they're going to be one two at the top. Of the AL East, as you said, four and a half games here. Um, the Yankees still have a 99% chance of making the playoffs as of right now, according to ESPN. So they're struggling, but you know there's a lot, a lot of work to do for the Yankees. And thankfully, we just don't play the race. We, the schedule opens up um, to a lot of teams that we haven't played, like the Orioles and the Blue Jays. Um, so it's a good time for the Yankees to turn it around. So let's get into our our, our, our good, bad, and injured for the previous week of baseball. Like you said, it's... It, Started out pretty well with uh, you know a couple you know, a couple wins. It Sorry, it got better with a couple wins versus the Mets, and then ended poorly versus the Rays here for this week. But the uh, the one guy we got to talk about is uh, is Davy Garcia. Finally gets called up. Um, knew he had electric stuff last year. If you've seen his future games highlights. You, it's probably the the clip most people saw of him before coming to the big leagues. Gets his first major league start versus the Mets, and he dazzles him. Absolute dazzles of six innings. Of nowhere and run baseball.
1: It was really great to see, and this is a guy you go back to last year's trade deadline. Brian Cashman would not include him in any trade package for Marcus Stroman. Then of the Toronto Blue Jays, Stroman goes to the Mets. Cashman obviously gets a lot of heat, including for me. I wanted the Yankees to go all in last year. That wasn't Cashman's mantra when it came to moving Davey Garcia. And my favorite thing about his debut was the the two-seamer moving in and out. Some scouts have said he hasn't had the great command, has struggled putting hitters away sometimes. That was not an issue against the Mets. He absolutely dazzled. A lot of people projecting him as as a number three or number four starter. I think that would be great. He's not going to overpower you with, you know, 96, 97-mile-an-hour heat. But he had great command against the Mets. And this is somebody in the Yankees' farm system who they obviously uh, value highly. Of course, everybody was calling for Clark Schmidt. Everybody wanted Clark Schmidt. Well, he's not on the 40-man roster. The Yankees are clearly playing with service time there. But we got to see a young Yankees pitcher over the weekend. And although he was returned to the alternate site, I'm sure we have not seen the last of Davey Dave Garcia, Garcia this year. And he showed exactly why the Yankees did not want to trade him. So, yeah, great, great performance to from the him. End. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him in the future. That, that inside-out two-seam fastball to lefties and that coming back to where in the righties is one of my favorite pitches in baseball for many pitcher. Yeah, he he looks phenomenal. He took he threw that fastball
0: 43 of the 75 pitches. So he threw that fastball uh, an insane amount and he's got that wicked curveball that he's able to drop on on hitters here that, that induced a 37.5 whiff rate when he when he drops the curveball. And what I loved about him is his confidence. He worked very quickly. Uh, someone mentioned a great point that he's been on a pitch clock in the minors his whole career. So he is. He works quickly, got to the mound, and he, he was very confident. And that's really what I liked about him. He put six strikeouts for the Mets. He had unreal strikeout ratios um, last year when he's working through his way through the system. And then he mentioned the, the trade deadline. So that also ties into it. You know, the trade deadline came and went, and the Yankees did absolutely nothing. Um, and it's Likely because Davey Garcia was going to be traded. If there anyone who came and Cashman called, it started with him. That seems like the, that was like the uh, kind of the M.O. for everybody. They asked about uh, the Clevenger trade, and Cashman kind of said that the starting point was two of three of these guys, Clint Frazier, Clark Schmidt, or, or Davey Garcia. Um, Clint Frazier is everyday player right now, so you can't get rid of him. So, and you're not going to get trade both Schmidt and Garcia. So that's kind of a no-brainer for, for the Yankees. And kind of how you know, the, the trade talks disappeared. Um, and it, it goes all the way back to last year for you know, the, the Stroman deal, like you said. And it, Imagine if the Yankees traded this guy for Stroman and they got, what the Mets get? Seven starts out of Stroman and he's going to be a free agent. So I think the Yankees did a good job holding on here. Like you said, it could be a three or four in a rotation. doesn't have that elite stuff but maybe he does. Like, he's 21 years old. He's the youngest player to make his debut uh, starting a game since since Phil Hughes over a decade ago. Um, he looked good. And then just like you said, you're going to see more of him. They've already said that he's going to, you know, unless something changes in the next 48 hours, he's going to be uh, a starter for one of the doubleheader games on Friday versus Atlanta. Um, stick with the trade deadline. We were going to have a trade deadline episode, but the Yankees literally did
1: nothing. Uh, I think, think that's kind of what we expected, though. We expected something, you know – Maybe, if anything, very, very minor. Um,
0: the only one I was a little upset about—not upset about, but I thought the Yankees could have done was was Archie Bradley, the reliever for the Diamondbacks. That package looked a little light, and I thought he was he'd been on the Yankees' radar for a little bit. He's got another year of uh, time before, so it wasn't a wasn't a full rental for this year. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, they, they they typically, you know, as Cashman always says, their their injuries coming back from injuries is, is their deadline. So the Yankees. Stayed pat, and, you know, I think a lot of Yankee fans would be pissed if David Garcia was traded after watching what he did versus the Mets.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and to stick with the trade deadline, I expected, you know, they were throwing Kevin Galsman Dylan Bundy's name around. I thought a type of move like that was possible, but the Yankees didn't do it. Um, they literally did nothing. They stayed pat, so that's that like yeah cashman says it's getting players back from injury is the trade deadline move uh, i thought the type of move they would have done is like a jaime garcia a couple years ago that you know four or five spot starter so it was like win
0: two years ago but now he's an ace and you know the package for him would have been huge
1: yeah, I mean, that's absolutely wild. I saw the stat of when Lance Lynn and Sonny Gray both left the Yankees, and I know Lynn did in free agency, and the Yankees. Not great. Yeah, I. It, it, it stings. It stings, and I know Gray couldn't get it done in New York regardless, and I know Lynn got a pretty nice three-year deal with the Rangers in free agency, but I did not expect, if you told me the Yankees were going to stand pat, Or do something, I'd have had my money on standing completely pat. And you talk about the trade package for Clevenger, what would have been the demand from Cleveland. I mentioned it on last week's show. I don't see really any circumstance, especially looking at what the Padres gave up for Clevenger. I didn't see any way, regardless, that the Yankees were getting him because their stance on Bauer... Was that he was not going to an American League contender last year? Um, totally, was, Indians seems to be hesitant
0: to make big trades with the Yankees after the Andrew Miller deal. I think a deal that kind of worked out for both sides, but it seemed like the the price was higher if it was an American League deal, Yankees or anybody else. Uh, even though they got they got they got a big quality over over you know quantity over quality package, but there's a couple good young arms in there. It, it was too high for Clevenger, and especially with the makeup that he's had going into this year. I think the Yankees were weren't really close there uh, at all. But doesn't mean they need some some rotation help. Uh, they got some rotation help from the least likely of people, and it was J.A. Happ. He's the second guy on our good list this week. Uh, dazzling performance again. You know, seven and a third inning, uh, one run ball. Oh, uh, sorry, no runs. Uh yeah, versus the Mets here. The Yankees and uh, needed some late heroics to. To win that game in, in extra innings, but but a really great performance from Hap after taking uh, two weeks off. You know, the Yankees have kind of messed around with him, uh, and when he pitches in, in, in the rotation, but huge performance. And it goes back to you know his pretty, August sixteenth, five and two thirds, uh, one run ball versus the Red Sox, and then August 29th, seven and a third, no runs. So pretty pretty strong, seventeen innings there of, of one run ball for for Hap.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That That. was one of his best starts since he got traded to the Yankees in 2018. Lowered his ERA from 6.39 to 4.05. Since at the end of that Philly start on August 5th, it has gone from 10.29 to, of course, the Red Sox start that you mentioned, 6.39 to 4.05. He's at 20 innings this year. Uh, the vesting option, which he basically brought up to reporters, uh, I, I believe I've, I said the number on last week's show. Uh, so yeah, 60, that that is, is the exact, exact number that, that I was thinking, thinking of. Yeah, 16 third eight eights. Eights. Yeah. Um, uh, and third innings. Or 10 starts. Eight. Or it's 10 eight. starts. It's, it's ten, 10 or 11, eight.
0: Eight. Yeah, he's had four starts now in 20 innings. So if you put him in a normal rotation – He's probably not going to hit either one now. Skipping him those I, few times, I think, especially with the Yankees, how their pitching has been, I expect him to be out there every five days. Um, and then it, hopefully you clinch a playoff spot, and then he can cut off his last start if, if you're getting close.
1: Yeah, and I was just going to say that, Steve. Just, you know, doing the math in my head, I, d- I don't think he hits it right now. Uh, if you're to put him in the regular rotation for the final month, And I don't believe any postseason inside of Stats can kick it up. So I think they're in good position with him. Look, all I ask out of him is five – well, when the Yankees have a normal offense, their healthy offense, five innings, three runs. And when you're getting that from your number five starter is what I'll call him, maybe a number four if you're having Davey Garcia throw every fifth day. The Yankees should be able to win like that with their number five starter out, with the offense that they have. So, so. every every time.
0: So yeah, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see. He's going to go out there uh, today on Thursday versus the Mets, and it, it is next start. Um, he needs to back it up. He needs to make it three straight good starts here. And the Yankees need it. The Yankees need it. You know they they have you know typically we, we thought we rely on Garrett Cole. We'll talk about him in a little bit. To be our innings eater here, but the the bullpen has been stretched, you know, very thin. And then after Wednesday night's um, you know debacle with, with Jordan Montgomery not getting out the first, Hap needs to go in versus the Mets uh, again. A lineup he just faced and eat some innings.
1: Absolutely, and yeah, Jordan Montgomery two thirds of an inning, thirty nine pitches left with the bases loaded uh, after giving up two two run homers on Wednesday night. So, yeah, they need Hap to eat some innings. Um, got, got into the sixth inning against the Red Sox, got two outs, uh, seven and a third against the Mets, and then was controversially taken Take out. But, but Sammy, my thing for
0: this is I think you may be on the same page as me. No matter how good Hap was pitching, I'm bringing in Adam Adovino versus righty. Like, that's what, what we have Adovino for. I know he's pitching great, but you're, in the, the, you're in, into the eighth inning. And you're still going on Hap. If it went the other way around, people would have Boone's head for leaving in Hap with Otto in the pen. Like, I'm taking the righty-righty-Otto matchup every time.
1: I'm right there with you, Steve. Believe me, I just said controversy. It definitely caused a little bit of backlash. from. Yeah, no, I
0: get it. But, like, if that happens again tomorrow versus the Mets, I'm bringing in Adovino again.
1: I totally agree. I mean, Hap got you into the eighth inning, zero runs. Uh, And the thing that I'm looking at in his previous two starts, he's at 13 innings. He's got two walks in that absolute debacle against the Phillies back in early August. He had six walks in three innings. So the command's been a lot better his last two times out. And, And if he can keep that up, there's no reason to believe that there aren't good things coming from him against the Mets. So the Yankees are going to need Jay Hap down the stretch. Uh, of course, they traded Billy McKinney and Brandon Drury from him for to Toronto a couple of years back. Drury just got cut. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I did not actually. That's that's. Uh, I had high hopes from him when the Yankees uh, same. Kind of I thought that was a great, great Cashman deal, and then nothing. Yeah. So the two of them. Uh, th- That doesn't hurt from a prospect standpoint, having them in the division, but, or now, of course, Drury out of the division. Excuse me. But hap, they gave him a big contract after that 2018 season. Uh, And he definitely hasn't lived up to it. But if he can be a staple in the Yankees' rotation for the last month of this shortened season, uh, the Yankees will leave, fans might leave. Uh, with a good taste in their mouth from his tenure because, you know, down the stretch in 2018, he was their best pitcher. You know, the game one start against Boston didn't go as well as we had hoped. But uh, the Yankees are going to really need him down the stretch, especially, you know, Paxton on the IL. Um, Garrett Cole still looks like he's getting his feet wet a little bit. We're going to get to him. Um, Tanaka, and then you got 21-year-old Davey Garcia. Yeah, so and that's, he's yeah. gonna need he to, to step, step up and he stepped up his last two times out yeah yeah we'll see we'll see what happens today versus
0: the Mets again uh quick quick third person on the good list he's a repeat because he's uh because he's amazing and we love him Le- Levoit, but still 13 home runs tied for the MLB lead you know absolutely slugging the crap out the ball um and there's really not much to say about else to say about him he's been awesome he's got some opposite field home runs this week he's he's pulled some he he looks great on the field he looks like he was hurt and still hitting home runs so a quick shout out there for uh for luke Voigt. just just doing what needs to get done here and and just becoming a a legit mvp candidate as of right now
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely and like you said legit mvp candidate he has been tearing the cover off the ball and we said it last week. Where would the Yankees be without Luke Voigt? And it seems like I know he went 0 for 5 tonight, made the final out with the two tying run, or the at, with him as the tying run. But this guy's hitting the all fields. He's tearing the cover off the ball. He's batting everywhere, leadoff, second, third, fourth, wherever the Yankees need him, he's hitting. And this is a trade made two years ago. Like we talked about last week, the Yankees were looking to clear up a 40-man roster spot, but Luke Voigt's been everything they've wanted and then some this year. And when you take health into account, he's got to be the Yankees' MVP. And if he keeps this going and leads the Yankees into a playoff spot, which they're in very good position for right now, he's definitely going to finish up there in MVP voting. Yeah, I think, you know, Mike Trout looks healthy and
0: looks like Mike Trout, so he'll probably take it. But he'll be in the discussion, which will be fun and kind of crazy that, we'll, that we're discussing Luke Ford as an MVP. Him and DJ LeMayu at the 1-2. It'll be interesting to see when and if Judge comes back, how they, how they deal with that. We'll figure it out in a few weeks, hopefully. Uh, so that's the good list. The bad list, it seems like we could have put a lot of people on this the past two weeks here. But we'll start with the person we least expected to be on this list ever, and that's Garrett Cole. Back-to-back performances, not great. Even go back another, another start here, totally not his fault here, but the Yankees have lost three of the last times Gary Cole has took the mound. This is supposed to be the Yankees' stopper, the Yankees' ace. Still has overall great numbers on the year here, uh, but after winning the first five games that he took the mound in pinstripes, the Yankees have lost the last three times, and that's not what you want to see, especially when two of those times are versus the Rays um and, and just absolute duds his last time in atlanta and then and then tampa um his three last three starts combined he's given up 19 hits and 11 earned runs in 16 and a two-thirds of an inning which is you know is a pretty much a six era not what you need from garrett cole he's been honest says he needs to figure it out he was definitely frustrated the past two times out there uh hopefully this is the last time cole's ever on this list but
1: but not 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 great <laughs> I saw his remarks after the, the Monday start against the Rays, and that was obviously a huge game in which he fell short, and the Yankees came into the series four and a half games back. Uh, they had their ace, their $324 million man on the mound, and he definitely fell flat on his face, uh, giving up a two-run home run to G-Man Ruth, as I call him. Hey, former and- former Yankee G-Man Ruth. <laughs> For, former Yankee, because this guy absolutely torches the Yankees every time he plays him. Um, but he fell short on Monday, and he said something about the Rays possibly knowing what's coming. And An odd, odd
0: comment that I didn't, that I didn't love from Cole, especially where he's I been. I try- like it
1: either. You know, he's throwing a lot of fastballs. The command of the secondary pitches has not, we have not really seen that in many starts with the Yankees, if any. Um, So I did not like that comment. That really rubbed me the wrong way, especially with the situation he was coming from. Uh, It's no secret there, but
0: I, th- I felt like it was more of a frustration. It was one of those things where he obviously was like, I-, I should be better than this, I am better than this, and, like, what the fuck's going on? I mean, he's given up 12 home runs this year. Um, you know, he hasn't been pleased with that. He's been honest about that. Typically, it's been kind of a little quick little solo dingers, and that's, like, the only run he'll give up, and that's been fine. But, you know, the the Rays, the Rays teed him up. Like I said, G-Man Choi teed him up. Um, Acuna absolutely smoked one versus him. It was, uh, it's, it's not been good. He's been, he hasn't been hitting his marks. And I guess, I don't know when you're that talented, you have to assume something else is wrong besides you just not being as good as you're supposed to be. So I felt like a more of a frustration thing. Um, Hopefully he comes out with the fire that he, that he needs to. And his next start, um, which I believe is versus Baltimore, you know, just absolutely mows down that lineup. Yeah. He pitches Saturday versus Baltimore. I think everybody might need a little, uh, a little Baltimore treat there and see him go like eight innings with one run or something.
1: Yeah. And he got toughed up. He got roughed up versus the Rays. Uh, But I I have confidence that he'll bounce back. Uh, But the comment about them knowing what's coming was definitely a little bit out of touch to me. Uh, And I also wonder here, And I'm not making excuses for him or whatever. A lot of the ace pitchers, you look at Jacob deGrom across town, this hasn't – he hasn't really lost a step. Uh, Garrett Cole and his wife having the baby over the – or right before the Yankees started the season, excuse me. He hadn't faced live hitters in months and months and months. And I know this is an advantage – or hitters also are dealing with this being absent from, you know, the game for that many months. uh, I wonder if it's taken him a lot of time to get his feet wet a little bit. He he signs signs with the Yankees, you know, he goes down to Florida, he moves up to Connecticut, him and out and Boone all live together. They were working together uh, over the quarantine period. So, I, this is definitely a lot for him to get used to coming to New York. I know there's no fans, but it's definitely uh, extreme circumstances for a new pitcher to or, or new player in any fashion to arrive to a new team, especially w- with the money he's getting.
0: Sam, are we going to be the podcast that blames Garrett Cole's son for his struggles? Because I'm because I might I might be on board for that as playing the dad card here. There is no chance Garrett Cole has gotten the sleep that he needs that he normally would get. His routine has got to be completely off there. I'll tell him that. I'm up every three hours in the middle of the night with, with, with my kid here. So I get it. I understand. But we could be the podcast that throws it out there. It's not Cole's fault. It, it's it, it's his kid's fault. So we need the kid to start getting on a good sleep schedule. And then Garrett Cole will be back. Will we be back. And that's fine. We'll take it. If that works, get the kid some sleep. Get Cole some sleep. And let's uh, let's get some W's. <laughs>
1: Not blaming the kid, of course. (laughs) It's just there's definitely a lot of moving parts for him. You know, he gets to the Yankees in the winter, December 2019. Moves up to Connecticut, goes down to spring training. COVID shuts everything down for months. He goes back up to Connecticut. He's got to get ready for a season. They arrived, their first summer camp practice at Yankee Stadium was July 4th. Uh, he's starting a game July 23rd in Washington against the defending World Series champion Nationals. So it was definitely a weird time period for him. And this, you could argue that this month, you know, September 3rd now, it's been six weeks since the Yankees got their season off. You could argue that this is his second spring training almost, but not making any excuses. It's definitely been a roller coaster for him.
0: Yeah, well, let's see if it changes on Saturday versus Baltimore, and let's get Cole off this list. Second on the on the bad list is Mike Talkman. Uh, you know we like Mike Talkman; he's been a great story. Um, the story gets a little less exciting if you stop hitting Mike. Um, he's getting everyday playing time now, given all the injuries. Uh, struggled today in a couple big spots there. He kind of looked a you know, big strikeout um, with uh, with two on and only one out, one out, and you know a ground ball would have got us a run. Uh, he's batting, you know, under 250 now in the season. Here hasn't hit a home run yet. Um, you know, in the beginning of the year, you, it's fine. You take the, you don't have to need hit the home runs if you're getting on base. But he's four for his last 40 plate appearances. Um, not what we need from Mike Talkman. We'll take the nice defense. He's he's been very reliable out there. But you know, we, kind of what we mentioned last week with Aaron Hicks. If the big guys are out of the lineup, people got to step up. Mike Talkman went from a nice luxury to all right, buddy, you're in the spotlight now let's start producing here and the past two weeks it has been rough for talking
1: yeah four for 40 that, that definitely isn't good and you look back to last season and this is something i mentioned on one of the episodes uh he was hitting 120 in his final 15 or 20 games i'm not sure the exact number but he definitely uh ended slow before he got injured he'd Definitely had a very rough patch. So this isn't out of the normal. Maybe he's just kind of one of those hot and cold players. And uh, he, Yankees can't a lot of, he can't be in a starting role. Maybe that's the case. We don't know much about Mike Talkman. Of course, the Yankees acquired him in a trade from the Rockies last year, and he definitely showed flashes, but we're – he's been an everyday player for most of the season. When you really think about it with Stanton and judges injuries, um, he's been in the lineup for most of the year. So maybe he gets exposed in a maximized role. And that's the case for a lot of these guys who, you know, are are categorized as the, the role players, Uh, he's got 27 game or excuse me, 28 games with the Yankees this year, uh, 82 or it's more than that. It hasn't updated yet, Uh, but he's played for most of the season. So maybe he's getting exposed in that maximized role. Um, he's still entering, you know, the Wednesday game against the Rays. He's hitting 264. Like you said, doesn't have a homer. Uh, getting on base over 35% of the time. So it's not all bad, but he's definitely cooled down from what was an absolute tear that he was on my expectations of him at 29 years old. He's probably just a fourth outfielder for the Yankees. That's like I said, getting a little bit more playing time than he should be. And he's getting a little bit exposed, but like, you know, we've said the Yankees are down a lot in the outfielder. No Judge, no Stanton. It's they need him to step up. Uh, and I think he could be a starter. I think he could be a starter in baseball. Uh, I think it's just a cold streak.
0: That's fine. You know, when you know if you're if you're on the bad list, it doesn't mean you suck forever. It just means the past couple times have not been not been great around the around the around the lineup. And that's kind of what's happened with talkman You know, before. Uh, you know, entering mid mid August, he was he was doing awesome. He was batting over three fifty. He was getting on base over 40 uh, you percent know, of the time. So he's getting there. He's you know, the, the the power. Hopefully, it comes. You know, he's got that lefty swing that you would like to see him pull a few balls and and see what happens. Hopefully, this is just a cold spell. Um, we we both think he should be in the lineup. We uh, definitely over Brett Gardner, even with these struggles. If we had the choice. Um, so hopefully it's a cold spell and not what you, what you are what you're saying of you know getting overexposed here kind of like kind of like we talked about last year a lot with with Austin Romine. Um, hopefully it's not the case. It's the opposite of that and it's just a cold spell. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Talkman. He's still going to get some get get those at bats. His defense is still there. He can play all around the outfield. Um, but but yeah, it's coming up in he's coming up in some big spots the past few games and, and hasn't looked good. So hopefully he shakes it off and it's not a. A season-long thing. I'll take a two-week slump, but the two-week slumps look a lot bigger this year than they would have last year.
1: Yeah, for and that's the case with every player, the, the two-week slump. We talk about Glaber Torres before he got injured. It's definitely maximized and looked at by fans a lot more in a 60-game season. Gary Sanchez, Brett Gardner are a couple of the names that could go up there. Uh, Garrett Cole, even. Even though, of course... Regardless, you know, many slumps for pitchers are, are looked at uh, a lot close, a lot more close. But yeah, four for forty in a sixty-game season, four plate appearances per game, sixty times four. is definitely not going to be playing all sixty, but that's forty of your two hundred forty plate appearances. So, which for an everyday player is around little over 600 every year. So like you said, good point. It's definitely a lot more maximize these cold streaks and let's hope he can turn it around because the Yankees are going to be with that judge for a while. We're going to get to Stanton. So they're going to need him a lot. And re- regardless if he's playing, uh, the Yankees are still going to be using him as a defensive replacement late in games for Clint Frazier, even though Frazier like we've said, has shown more improvement in the field. Talkman's still going to be coming in on defense late in games, uh, and that should buy him a plate appearance or two that the Yankees are definitely going to need. I have confidence that he's going to break out of this, that it's not going to be four for 40 bad all the time. But, yeah, he landed on the bad list this week. Yeah, it it happens. It happens. Uh,
0: Final guy, uh, Tyler Wade. I think it's a pretty obvious one here um I, I support tyler wade uh on twitter and i get killed for it all time i just want to make it clear that my support for tyler wade is him being the 25th man on an mlb roster or whatever how many 28th man this year he is the perfect end of bench guy who can play around all around the field come in for pinch running defensive replacements uh if you need a timely bunt i've, I've said it you can check if he's in a full-time starter role he needs to hit, and he has never proven that he can hit. He's in that full-time starter role now with Torres on the bench, and it's coming out that he cannot hit. And that's kind of what we know about him. People are freaking out about him, telling him to get him off the roster. He I, he, I think he has deserves a roster spot, but not a starting spot. Unfortunately, given all the injuries, he gets launched into the starting spot, uh, and, he, and he's struggling. He's, he's batting He had a home run. Though. I will say he did have a home run since we last recorded, which, is, which was nice. But, you know, he's, he's a 150 hitter. He's a 200 hitter max. Um, it, you know, Tyler Wade is is Tyler Wade. And it, he is the guy that, un, hopefully unlike Talkman, when plays at long stretches gets exposed that he can't really hit MLB pitching.
1: When you look at the Yankees roster, 25 men in a normal season, they are one of those teams that have a luxury of being able to have this guy on the roster who legitimately – can't hit when given extended playing time. They can insert him, like you said, pinch runner, defensive replacement, um, but this guy cannot be in any starting role long-term, and that's been the knock on him for years when the Yankees have had him up in the majors. This isn't something new. Uh, it's not totally out of the ordinary. So, yeah, the Yankees need him to play now, though. Uh, Jordy Mercer, it looks like that experiment is over unless he returns to the alternate site out in Scranton. Uh, I hope it's over for good. I want Glaber Torres back and I want Glaber Torres playing well, but for now, Wade is into his starting role. And yeah, like I said, yeah, this, this is nothing new. This has been the knock for a long time. He's one of the best base runners. There is, uh, he's, you know, can play defense at multiple positions, but, the Yankees have – they may as well bat a pitcher if they're – It's, it's, it's sad, but it's it. true.
0: I, I give him a little credit. He's a little better than a pitcher, but not far. Uh, in his not, four-year like a career – bit, 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 bit of, of an exaggeration. exaggeration but no. not that far off. In, in his four-year career, he's played 137 games. He's gotten 259 official plate appearances. He's batting 193 with four home runs and 21 RBIs. Um, and the, 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 I think the crazy part about it, that is – you know, 137 games a lot of the time is defensive replacement and not full starts. Um, I should look up the amount of full starts he has, but only has 10 stolen bases. So I, I need more stolen bases. He's got on base a few times today. Didn't make sense for him to steal when he walked because the Yankees were down four. But that's kind of what I need. But he didn't make, then at the same time, he made it kind of almost he did go on a 3-2 pitch and then got caught hung up and got doubled off. It was it was a, a line drive uh, to the outfield, and he, there's no chance of him getting back. But if, when he does get on base, he needs to absolutely maximize those opportunities. He needs to steal second, steal third, and then a walk from Tyler Wade all of a sudden becomes a fly ball gets an RBI. And those situations happen, haven't happened yet for him. So it's, uh, like I said, he's, he's, he's a bench guy. He's, he always will be a bench guy. Unless something magically changes, this guy is going to be a bench guy. Uh, the Yankees hope that the injuries don't continue to pile up and they can return him to the bench. That perfect segue into our, our injured list here. Let's uh, start off with the, with the good news of hopefully Tyler Wade will be at the lineup soon because Glaber Torres is aiming to be back versus Baltimore this weekend. They, they posted a video of him taking batting practice. He says he feels pretty good almost there. And his words were that he'll be in Baltimore and he'll be playing this weekend, which is great news for the Yankees.
1: Yeah. Even though, like I said, Torres has definitely had a, a very, very rough stretch um this season before he got hurt you know 78 at bats uh picked it up though before he got hurt picked it up a little bit before he got hurt yeah um last played a couple of weeks ago (laughs) against the rays in that series that they swept the yankees in the bronx um one homer uh the Yankees are definitely going to need him, and they're going to need his defense and shortstop to definitely step up. Uh, now with LeMahieu back, they have had some miscommunications when they've been playing together. So having Torres back is absolutely huge. I don't care if he's you know, not the all-star that he was. He's definitely an upgrade. Even the bad, poor version we saw at the plate earlier this year before he got hurt is an upgrade over Tyler Wade or Jordy Mercer or whoever they're throwing out there. Huge huge upgrade. Just get him healthy, and and, and
0: hopefully he'll be able to come back. He was starting to hit better. Um, His defense, like you said, those little miscues with LeMay, hopefully they'll they'll figure that out. But, you know, that's a middle-of-the-order bat here we're replacing a bottom-of-the-order bat with. Uh, So it's a big, big, big change for the Yankees in that sense. Hopefully he comes back and he stays healthy, unlike Aaron Judge. I'm a little upset with Aaron Judge here. He pushed to come back. He was mad he was on the DL. And he lasted, what, a few innings? And he's back what? on there. Like, come on. That, that, you can't push for it. You can't say you're healthy. You can't say, I, I shouldn't have been on the DL. And then immediately go back and then have cash and be like, oh, it's going to be at least double the amount of time.
1: Yeah. Uh, we, we, we said it last week. And, and as soon as he got taken out of the game, it, it was definitely very,
0: very frustrating.
1: And if we're talking double the amount of time, that's going to be a month. Uh, about twenty. I was doing that three earlier. weeks, at least three weeks. Twenty, yeah, twenty-one days, twenty-five days, and that's going to put us near, you know, close to the playoffs. Maybe a week to go in the season, and these guys aren't getting the reps they would be in a minor league game in Trenton or Scranton that they are at this alternate site. So. You know, I agree with you, though. I am a little bit ticked. You can't be pushing to come back and then he lasts six or seven innings or whatever he did last week against the Braves, and he's immediately back on the IL. This is the Yankees' best hitter when he's healthy. I know DJ LeMay, he is great, but, I mean, what Aaron Judge was doing this season uh, was putting himself in, in the MVP hunt. So, like you said, I-, I am definitely a little bit annoyed. And it's kind of just a wait and see. Yeah. Do
0: you think, think he's injury injured? prone? Yeah. There, there's some, there's some, there's some. He kind of has to be at this point. You know, I mean, I'm going to, you know, not count, you know, when he got hit by the pitch and then lost him, you know, 40 games. I agree. I, I'm uh, not going to the do there? Um, the oblique is kind of a weird injury too, but I'm, not, I'm also not gonna count the the broken rib I mean that, that you know who breaks their rib under their collarbone on a diving play like I'm not gonna count that one against them. I'll count the oblique, the hamstring and, and you know the, the calf here, the, the soft tissue injuries here but broken bones are broken bones. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens long term with judge, but uh, I'll focus on that in two years. like he just started arbitration. so I'm not worried about that yet but needs to get healthy like you said only only gonna have like five six games. At this point, to, to get into full swing for the playoffs, assuming the Yankees will be there, um, we'll, we'll see what happens. The final two guys on the injury list here, uh, real quick uh, Zach Britton's back. That was a quick injury. He already you know, looked sharp in his first appearance. And then John uh, Carlos Stan, saying about 75, 80% uh, at running. He's going to be a full time DH when he comes back. Maybe another week, maybe another 10 days for him. So we'll you know, talk about that next week. Play, play it, it safe. Play safe.
1: Play it safe. Please.
0: Talk about that next week when he when he's uh, when he's getting closer here. Um, so that's a good bet in the injury to the Yankees. Uh, you know, as we now are in September already for baseball, even though they only played thirty five games here. Um, makeup game Thursday afternoon versus the Mets. Three four versus Baltimore, then three versus um, Toronto after Memorial uh, Labor Day weekend. Jesus, ready Labor Day, uh, then four more versus versus Baltimore. So that's eight versus Baltimore and three versus versus Toronto here. Uh, Sam. I think you get you got to win eight of these games,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. Four, four times. Yeah, eight, eleven, twelve. Um, nine of twelve here. If you're the Yankees, um, if you're counting that Mets makeup game tomorrow. Um.
0: Yeah, you're right. Got that one too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, nine, nine. I want nine. Nine. Nine of twelve. Um, would would put the Yankees? They're nineteen and fourteen nine. at, at, the at the close, close of, of play. play. Or, excuse 20 me, 20-15 and with the close of play. Um, Wednesday evening, 9 of 12 would make them 29-18. and 18. Um. That would pretty much lock them into a playoff
0: spot. They can go 500 the rest of the way. Take advantage of teams like Baltimore. Toronto's played pretty well. Um, you know, luckily we got three more for versus Boston. They're kind of folding over here. But the Yankees, you know, let's say, all right, the Mets on Thursday. Take away the Mets. The Yankees only play four more teams the rest of the year. Yeah, Baltimore, Toronto, Boston, and then three versus Miami. That, that's it. They get, the season's over. It's only four more teams left. Uh, you got to got to take advantage of these teams. You know, Toronto's pushing. They made some big moves at the deadline to push for a playoff spot. Uh, same for the Marlins, interesting enough, going for a playoff spot. But ideally, you're looking at zero games versus playoff teams. The Yankees have the rest of the way now that they're done with Tampa. Got to take advantage of that.
1: Absolutely. And the Yankees have – a three-game series against the Blue Jays next week, four games, um, or, or no, yeah, yeah three, three games, games. Three, three, um, four versus Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, uh the, the three and four games, se- there's a three-game series, they're both on the road. Is, is <laughs> what I'm Sam is saying. confused with um, the schedule. <laughs> and the Blue Jays, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know, they're playing in Buffalo this season, so... That's seven games in a minor league park. Um, if you're the Yankees, which definitely is going to feel a little bit weird, uh, watching the games too from our perspective, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see there. I think I should think again. we it's late here, so I'm off the. I'm a little off the rails. I actually think three, four of those games are going to be at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees will be the away team. I think there's something weird going on there. I could be 100 percent wrong, but whatever, we'll figure it out. But more of the story to end the podcast, it's time the Yankees start winning again. No more of these uh, you know, sad podcasts where we talk more about what's going bad than what's going good. So let's wrap it up there. For Thank you again for listening for another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes with Sam and Steve. Uh, everybody, I hope, has a fun and safe Labor Day weekend. I'm sure it's not what any of us planned this Labor Day would be. I was convinced that this would be back to normal by now for Labor Day back in March. Um, but Sam, as always, a pleasure. Good talking to you watch some Yankees wins and uh, have a fun uh, a fun holiday weekend.
1: Absolutely Steve. I'll, uh we'll, we'll talk, talk next, next week. week. Go, Go Yanks. Yanks. Let's do it.